Hi there, I'm Kim. I'm Hillary. You're watching the Frame of Mind Coaching Podcast. Hi everybody, welcome to the Frame of Mind Coaching Podcast. Kim, you're here. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going today? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. So on our last podcast, I asked you about how you got started. Uh, in coaching and developing your company, Frame of Mind Coaching. So today, I want to find out who is your ideal client and why? And is there such a thing? Who is the ideal client of Frame of Mind Coaching? <laughs> yes, Frame of Mind Coaching. So but at one point, somebody asked me, you know, who needs coaching? And my answer is everybody needs coaching, but we don't coach everybody. We coach a very, very specific type of human being. Let me define that human being. Normally, they're an executive, an entrepreneur, or a leader who have four things in common. Number one is they have substantive goals that they want to achieve. They are, they are uh, goal-oriented. They're very, very driven. And they have this idea of where they want to go. And they're quite clear about that vision. So that's number one. They have big goals they want to achieve. Number two is that they are what I would call big livers. They want the best out of life. They want to travel. They want to go on great vacations. They want to live in a nice home. They want to drive a nice car. They want to have a great body. They want to have a great relationship. They want to have a big thriving business. And so they want all that life has to offer. They like to taste new foods, drink fancy wines. They want to soak it all in. And for them, that represents a rich life. Number that sounds three, like me. <laughs> sounds like a lot those, of people we I know. Want all those things, yeah. Number Sorry. three is they really, really want to make a positive difference in the world. So there's a part of them that says, I want to leave the world a better place than when I came in. I want to make my mark. I want to make a difference. And I want to impact the lives of those people that are around me, whether it's my family my team members, my employees, my community. I want to leave the world a better place. I want to make a difference. And number four, they're frustrated. And they're frustrated because maybe they feel isolated. Maybe they feel a great deal of stress. Maybe they feel like they're in it alone. They have a lot of responsibility on their shoulders. Uh, maybe they feel like there's a goal they want to achieve that is a little bit elusive to them. Maybe there's conflict in their lives. Uh, you know, th there are all these reasons. And, you know, what we see is that high achievers tend to make sacrifices. And in their, in their goal, in their uh, attempt at reaching their goals, they put a lot of things on the back burner. Sometimes they let things slip through the cracks. Could be their health. Could be their relationships. Could be they're not having much fun right? So what we see is they have some area where they're frustrated. They've tried a, di a number of different strategies to address that particular frustration and it's just not working. So those are ideal clients, uh, people who are highly driven, who want to make a difference, who are big livers, and who really, really have something that's eating away at them that they are determined to change. So with regards to these high high, uh, achievers, high achievers. Sorry. Yes. Uh, would you say that there's a common issue that they all kind of come to the table with or are they all over the place? 
Well, to me, the, the issue at face value, like the story yeah. they come to the table yeah. with could be different. It could be, you know, there's friction at home with their spouse. It could be, you know, their employees are leaving. There's high turnover. Mm. It could be that uh, they're just exhausted and totally stressed out of their minds. It could be that one of their kids is into drugs. It could be anything, anything, anything. But the core issue is always the same, and that has to do with their thinking. So the experiences that they have, everything they, they see, hear, smell, taste, and touch is a reflection of their thinking. And so as a coaching company, our coaches are trained, very well-trained, to look at the key relationship between a leader's thinking and the outcomes they're getting. And so at the end of the day, what we see, the common trait is that leaders often think in ways that are inconsistent with their goals. Oh, and that happens. When that happens, they experience tension, frustration, anger, agony, whatever it is. That's the key that we're looking for. And they're not even aware that their thinking is not aligned with their goals, but they feel the, 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 the negative feelings that are associated with that, but they don't understand why. Correct. And so that's where frame of mind coaching comes in and digs down into their beliefs, their thinking, what do they believe to be true? And is it aligned with their values and their goals at the end of the day? Correct. That's exactly right. So they don't know why they're so frustrated. Right. They think, they think they're frustrated because their sales are down. They think they're frustrated because their employees aren't performing. They think they're frustrated because their kids aren't listening or behaving. They think they're frustrated because their spouse is disappointed with them. They think they're frustrated because of all these reasons that are outside uh -huh. of them. But the reason they're frustrated is because their thinking isn't aligned with what they truly deeply want. That is the reason. They don't understand that. They don't see it. They don't get it. They don't understand the mechanics. They don't understand how they are the cause of their own pain, let's call it. Right, right. So once you introduce them to that concept where it's their thinking that is holding them back, that is causing them this frustration, and they, they, under, they get that, what's the reaction you get? Are they just like, whoa, how do I, like, that's just crazy. Like, what yeah, do you hear from them? Well, the reaction is twofold. The reaction is whole, like today I had a reaction from someone and yeah. someone is struggling with her spouse. And, you know, the conversation is the reason you're struggling is because of how you think about your spouse, not because of what your spouse is doing. And, you know, her reaction is, why am I such a dumbass? Why doesn't this stuff go in? Right. right? She says, I understand you. I hear you. But like, like, why am I still struggling? And the answer is that this requires not only a, a, an intellectual understanding, it requires muscle to truly take full responsibility for how you feel. And it takes a little time. It takes a little practice. It's kind of like going to the gym because you want great abs. They're not going to happen the first week. You might have to keep going to the gym and keep doing your crunches. Same concept. It takes a little bit of time to rewire your brain. So that your brain is really lined up with your goals, your visions, and your desires. Excellent. Excellent. And so when they finally get to that point, it, it must be an aha moment for some of those clients. It's crazy how much lighter they feel, how much easier life is for them, how much more easily they are able to reach their goals, how their relationships change. Yesterday, I had a client who said, I went through coaching and my husband is different now. 
<laughs> and I said, I how that. does that happen? She said, when I changed, he changed. And so that goes back to the concept that we discussed earlier on a different podcast that it doesn't take two to tango. So yeah. she changed the dance and he decided, I want, when, I want to dance her dance, so I'm going to follow. And so exactly. to stay in the same place he was. Right. But also she started to see him differently. He started uh, to see himself differently. She stopped seeing his flaws and his, downf- and his downfalls. She started to see all the awesome and amazing things about him. Guess what happened? Their relationship improved. You know what else improved? His sense of self-esteem, his self-confidence. He started taking action that was a reflection of that self-confidence, which is wow. ultimately what she wanted. Right, right. So it does have a, a very big trickle-down effect into every kind of corner of your life. Once you change your thinking, everything changes. When you change the way you see everything, everything around you changes. It's that simple. It makes sense. It makes sense. Excellent. Well, let's talk about, uh, I've got a, a journal here from a CEO from a corporation. So as we were talking about our ideal high achiever, let's, let's go into this journal. So he says, I want to change the company culture and decided that I would start with my top leaders getting coached. I want to increase the strength of my executive team and have them learn how to communicate more effectively and also increase their coaching skills for their own teams. In saying that, I have one director that is resistant and not on board with this at all. He's a decent leader, but is weak in certain areas. I'm not sure whether to mandate this coaching or to allow him not to do it. So he's kind of stuck in what to do with this one guy here. Okay, so there's lots there. Number one is way to go to this particular CEO for wanting to create a coaching culture in his organization. My hat's off to you. When your leaders have the capacity and the skill set to coach, your organization rises to a whole new level. We've seen that consistently from client to client, from organization to organization. So 10 points for him. No, 100 points. 100 points. 100 points. Okay. <laughs> Don't think so low. <laughs> Don't think so low. Okay. The second thing is, so he has this one gentleman who is resistant to being coached. So yeah. if you, ha- for me personally, if a guy doesn't want to do it, he's not going to benefit from it. So that resistance is very important. So the right. question is, why is he resistant? What does he think it's going to be about? Does he view this as a punishment? Because if he does, I would be resistant too, right? So, right. So he doesn't see it as an opportunity for major growth. He doesn't see it as something that will help him really live out his dreams. He sees it as something that's hard, taxing, and really like it's a negative stimulus. So that question for starters needs to be addressed. He needs to look at the beliefs that this guy has that's causing the resistance. So what does he have about this coaching? Right. What beliefs does he have? A set of beliefs about it that are negative. Right. But having said that, for me personally, I don't want to coach a resistant player. I want to coach someone who is willing and eager and who rolls up his or her sleeves and wants to do this work. That's who yeah. I want to coach. And so for me, you know, it's an interesting opportunity to say, hey, like, here's the road we're going. You want to come along? Here's why it could be good for you. And if he's still resistant, that might be very informative and telling. So should you force anybody into coaching? No, but that might be an indicator that this guy's direction is not consistent with the company's direction and that's okay too. 
So really, at the end of the day, the CEO, the CEO of this company needs to get his story, get the director's story. Why are you resistant? What do you feel about coaching? What are you assuming? Yeah, what do you uh, think is really, going to happen? Why yeah. do you think I'm asking you to get coached? Do you think right. it's a negative, you know, because it's a negative reason? Or do you think that maybe this is an opportunity for you to grow and to get to where you want to go? Yeah. I mean, I would see, I mean, if I was working in a corporation and my, my boss came to me and said, I'd love you to do some, you know, coaching I, to me, that'd be a gift. I'd say, thank you so much. But you know, everybody sees things differently. And so, yeah, it's about getting the story, I guess, at the end of the day. So, so what if this guy decided, you know, I see, but I, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I still don't want to do it. Well, you have to evaluate whether or not this guy's contribution is valuable. The other thing is what will definitely happen is as the other senior leaders get coached, yeah. he will either feel like he's falling behind and out of step and he will by nature and feel uncomfortable right. and step away right. or the influence of those around him will bring him along. And as a leader, you get to decide if you want to wait and see if that happens or if his resistance is a signal to you that says, hey, you know, we're not on the same page. You get to decide based on his contribution, the history, the length of time that he's been with you, et cetera. You get to decide how long you want to wait and see for what unfolds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see what this guy does at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm very interested. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about procrastination. I have another journal here with, um, that has something to do with procrastination here. So I, have oft, I often have great ideas and I get very excited about starting something new, whether it's a new idea for a work project or a new hobby. But my challenge is, is that I usually find myself procrastinating, never finishing the project or following through on a new idea. How do I stop this pattern? So what's getting in his way? We already, we already know it's his thinking, but let's expand. Like, how would you coach this person? So first of all, is procrastination a terrible, horrible, awful thing? A lot of times it's not. A lot of times procrastination says, hey, you know, this is not actually the direction I want to go in. I thought it might be, but really it's not consistent. So procrastination has information in it that says there's something going on here that's causing me a slowdown. And what we need to do is examine what that information is and what the procrastination is telling us. So one thing it could be telling us is, this is not where I actually want to go. It's, you know, not the right thing for me. You know, a person can make procrastinate in making a decision to get married or to move in with someone, right? right? The question right. is, why are they procrastinating? What's really going on? Maybe there's a strong feeling that this is not the right fit, right? Right, and So right. procrastination can be a valuable kind of warning sign that says don't go down that road that's interesting I naturally never thought about it like that right have and so now let's go one step further if someone really wants to achieve a goal but they find themselves procrastinating to achieve the goal then we start to say okay so what's getting in the way what are the beliefs you have about yourself and about this goal this task this activity that's causing a slowdown so let's Mm -hmm. say a person wants to become a great singer I'm just making it up and they have a pretty good voice. But then, you know, they say, well, in order for me to really get there, I need to take professional singing lessons. I don't have the money. 
I believe it's hard to get the money. I believe that it's going to cost me too much. I believe that I can't afford it. Right? So there's a belief that's standing in the way that's causing the procrastination. It could be, I believe I don't have enough experience. I believe that I don't have the education. I believe that I'm not worthy. I believe that compared to my competitors, I'm not really going to make it. And so what we really want to understand is what are the beliefs that cause the procrastination and they need to get addressed? I have a question. Are beliefs like excuses? Like you just listed all those things. Well, I have to take singing lessons, but now I don't have the money. I'm going to find it. Is it the same thing? So, so sometimes beliefs aren't, are, can be thought of as an excuse, right? So sometimes that's the case. But we have two kinds of beliefs. Beliefs that serve us and beliefs that do not. That's it, right? So a belief that might serve me is I am an experienced coach and I can really, really help people who need coaching. Mm-hmm. That's a belief that serves me. Yeah. A belief that doesn't serve me is, man, after 15 years of coaching, I'm old and I'm not useful for anybody. That's not a belief that serves me or anybody else. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing is we can choose our beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's what you get people to do by, by looking at what they believe to be true now and then choosing what a belief that serves them. Exactly. So replacing that one. Right. So if my goal in life is to help as many people as I can to touch the lives of as many leaders that I can, then believing I have the skill and ability to do that effectively is consistent. Will enable you to do it. But if my belief is, man, I'm getting old and dated, right? Whatever that is, that is not consistent. And by the way, I just invented that that belief. I invented it. Right. And then you're going to show up as that. Exactly. Right. What we do is we look at people's beliefs and we try to figure out if they're consistent with what a person really, really wants. And if they're not consistent with what a person really wants, we show them how their beliefs are actually a critical factor. That's what's getting in their way. That's what's stopping them from going full full steam ahead. Mm -hmm. What we really want to do is we want to help people We want to put people on a runway and clear the runway so that they can take off. But if there are things in the way on on the path, like beliefs that aren't consistent with where they're flying to, they're not going to lift off. Right. And so at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is that, you know, we hold ourselves back. We're the only person that can hold ourselves back. It's not anybody else in control of us. We decide what we want to believe in. We decide what we can and can't do. And, 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 and then decide to move forward or not, or decide what we can or can't. So maybe a lot of listeners are sitting there going, yeah, but yeah, what about but me? Exactly. <laughs> this circumstance, I have this limitation, I yeah. have this disability. Yeah. It's true, I only have X number of dollars and all the yeah, buts. And we can hear them as excuses, but really what they are is they're a way of thinking that keeps someone planted in their seats and doesn't allow them to travel where they want to go. Uh-huh. So every yeah, but needs to be addressed. Every yeah, but needs to be challenged. If you truly want to achieve a goal, you have to look at the beliefs you have and ask yourself if those beliefs are taking you where you want to go. So if you want to, let's say, start a business and you're listening and you're like, yeah, but I need a whole bunch of money and yeah, but I don't have a lot of bu- bunch of money and yeah, but I don't know anybody who, who can give me money. 
right? All those, yeah, buts are causing you to take no action, right? So is there money available out there? Sure there is. Have you tapped into it yet? No, because your beliefs are stopping you, are interfering with your ability to tap in with the source of money that will help you start your business. But there's right unlimited amount of money in the world. And, and, and would you say what you believe to be true, um, no matter what you believe, you're going to be right? So if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right on both counts. It's a matter of choosing what you want to believe in. Right. And we always look for evidence to support our beliefs. Right. Right. So if we have a belief that there's no money, you know what we're going to start to find? A whole bunch of bills that we have to pay. <laughs> we're going to look right. at our bank account. We're going to say, you see, look at how little money I have. There's right. I have no money. And that can apply to really anything. It does My friends apply. don't like me. They don't call me. See, no one's called. See, no one wished me happy birthday. We could always find evidence to support our beliefs, especially the negative ones. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And so what we need to do is we have to help people learn to build the muscle of finding evidence to support the beliefs that bring them where they want to go. Right, right. Right. So that's what we want to do at Frame Mind Coaching. If you have a belief that is holding your, you back and you want to learn how to uncover that, challenge that, and replace it with a belief that serves you, visit frameofmindcoaching.com. We're sure to be able to help you out. Absolutely. And let me even say one more thing. It's not yeah. if you have a belief. You don't even know what beliefs you have. That's true. Right? <laughs> so if you are feeling frustrated, if you are having trouble, achieving a goal or living the life you want to live, if you feel tired, disappointed, angry, if you have friction inside of you, let's help you understand where that comes from and let's help you lift that up. Mm. Frameofmindcoaching.com. All right. Thanks so much, Kim. Till next time. Bye. 